It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 5th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, we'll talk about the Magic's upcoming game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll dive into the latest NBA trade deadline rumors. It's been Kind of quiet in regards to the Magic, but always something to talk about. Something big to talk about that I think I've hinted on in previous podcasts as well. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, the growth curve for the Orlando Magic and, and one of the nice developments for the Magic, uh, in recent games at least, uh, that suggests that there is a bigger picture here that that is working and is producing results in the short term, but, but also for the long term. So we'll talk about all of that coming up here in the next... 30 minutes or so. But before we do that, any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. Just like there's a podcast covering your line of magic with excruciating detail, there's one covering every single team in the NBA, plus a general NBA in Locked On NBA, and Fantasy Basketball too with Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You want all the trade deadline lowdown from all the teams. Just for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Locked On Pelicans has the latest on Anthony Davis. Locked On Lakers has the latest on Anthony Davis. Locked On Celtics has the latest on Anthony Davis. Locked On Knicks, well, they, they're on a good show. They, they don't have a good team to cover, but they have the latest on Anthony Davis. We do not, because we're not in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. But everywhere you go, you can find whatever you're looking for from team-specific to general as well. Plus, don't forget, there's Locked On NFL podcast. So you can get the latest on the New England Patriots and their Super Bowl championship or the the, the game that was or wasn't uh, and any SpongeBob victory parades as well by searching for Locked On Patriots, Locked On NFL, and of course, there's MLB and college too. The Locked On Podcast Network has everything that you could want every day, your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic will be back in action Tuesday against the Oklahoma City Thunder looking for revenge after last week's game. And it's amazing how quickly things change for a team in the span of just a week and just a couple games, especially in this Eastern Conference that's been uh, less than stellar, let's say, uh, keeping the Magic in it just three games out now at, at 22 and 31. Last week, of course, the Orlando Magic took on the Thunder in what was a surprisingly Smooth offensive game for Orlando. Uh, against one of the best defenses in the league. Granted, Oklahoma City was without Steven Adams in that game. 
as well as without Terrence Ferguson. So two really, two, two, uh, Adam certainly a really good defender. Ferguson a growing defender as well. But without those two key players, Orlando was able to get into a really good rhythm offensively. They played fantastic for three quarters, kind of neck for neck with the, with the Thunder. Uh, even though Paul George went off for 31 in the first half, Orlando was able to fight their way back into the game. They, they trailed by double digits for most of that first half, but they fought their way back into the game. Really had a chance leading into the fourth quarter. But Steve Clifford would point out in a, in, I wouldn't call it a tirade after the game, but a short press conference, he would point out that the Magic didn't get the job done. They didn't do the things that they had to do to win. They stopped the ball movement. Their offense slowed to a crawl, and the Thunder took advantage. And not only did the Thunder take advantage, they beat him up defensively. Dennis Schroeder making uh, scoring uh, the majority of his 20 points in the fourth quarter to give the Thunder a big win over Orlando. Steve Clifford lamenting his team's transition defense and all that jazz. It was just not a good performance overall for Orlando. They were able to stick in the game thanks to some hot shooting that, frankly, they really can't rely on. And, and we've said that they can't rely on on that, and, and their defense was just too inconsistent. Since that game, Orlando has played significantly better. They beat Indiana, they beat Brooklyn, so a lot of things change even in two games. Orlando's played a lot more smoother defensively. They move the ball a lot better offensively. They're back in the playoff race, and things look to be uh, looking a little bit for up for the Magic right now. Perfect time to get your second crack at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Of course, your final crack at the Oklahoma City Thunder thanks to that conference scheduling. Same thing still apply, though, with this Thunder team. They're really good defensively. They use that defense to get into transition opportunities. There, Russell Westbrook does his thing. There, Paul George does his thing. The key to beating the Oklahoma City Thunder remains to keep them in a half-court setting, to make Paul George beat you, make Paul George beat you in the half-court. Make Russell Westbrook beat you in the half-court because Westbrook is not shooting the ball particularly well this year. To force their guys into that kind of slow-motion offense, that's really how you control the pace of the game. If you let Oklahoma City get out and run, they're going to beat you. They're going to they're gonna have a field day offensively like they did against the Boston Celtics. And Oklahoma City makes even good offenses, good offenses or good defenses look bad. They certainly did that on Sunday when they, beat, when they uh, played the Celtics, although they ended up losing that game. Thunder's defense has slipped a little bit. Orlando was able to score a lot against them. Boston was able to score a lot against them. But again, that's not what you need to rely on. This game's going to be all about controlling the pace. And not so much the number of possessions. Pace is maybe the wrong term to use. It's more pace of play. It's more uh, ball control, possession control. Turn the ball over a lot, you're going to lose. Um, you know, get don't have good communication or, or let up defense. Let up de, uh, once the Thunder have the ball because they'll run off of makes. You're going to lose. This is a game that requires a lot of attention to detail uh, that the Magic have had of late and have had at times, but have also struggled with throughout the season. And you're not going to play a perfect game. Paul George is that good. Russell Westbrook is that good. They're going to have their moments that you just got to kind of stave off and find a way to slow down and make difficult for those types of players. There's the reason that they're both all-stars and and Paul George is having an incredible season. But Orlando's got to make sure they stick to their game plan. I know that was something Steve Clifford talked about at practice today, working on some of the things that Oklahoma City did to frustrate Orlando in that fourth quarter, especially dealing with the switches. Orlando has struggled a lot with switching defenses this year, and it's because they lack a guy who can break anyone down off the dribble. I mean, that's that's a big, big part of how you beat switching defenses is you isolate and you attack and you force them out of those switches so you can get back to ball and player movement. Orlando really struggles with that. 
And Orlando struggled with that throughout the season. Uh, you know, if, if 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 the Magic make the playoffs, how the Magic attack switching defenses, no matter who they're playing in that first round, is really going to determine the length of the series. I mean, I, I, you can already see that as a major problem. And so while the Magic can do that themselves, they have a lot of defensive versatility, they really struggle with those switches. And so again, if you can get Nikola Vucevic isolated on a small feed him in the post, he's got to convert. And, and this is where really making and missing shots matters a whole lot more is when you get those kinds of mismatches because of the defensive strategy of the team, and especially because Orlando needs paint touches. If Orlando can't get paint touches off the dribble, they've got to work it in the post to Nikola Vucevic or even Aaron Gordon if they can't. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Magic attack this game. I'm sure they'll be motivated. They know they're in the race. And yeah, this is the last game before the trade deadline. This is the last game uh, before the Magic, you know, front office will have to make a decision without any more games of information to to support and bolster them. So this is a big, big game. This is sort of a last audition, a last statement to the front office to say, hey, we can do this. If you beat a really good Oklahoma City team on the road, you know, climb back to within two and a half, maybe two games of the final playoff spot, then you're in the race at the trade deadline and, and maybe management has to make that decision or make a really tough call. And then the calls are really tough, already really tough. I've already explained it. I'll explain it a little bit more here in a bit. But this is a this is a big game. I'm not saying it's a must-win game. I don't believe that. Um, but certainly the Magic have to continue to show the signs of progress that they've shown over the last two games and, and really continue kind of inching forward and, and, and really show that they're ready to make a push. Uh, you know, it is, it's been well said. It's been well stated throughout uh, this, this stretch. And the schedule is about to get a little bit easier, but Orlando has one of the easiest schedules remaining in the NBA. According to Tankathon, the Orlando Magic have the fifth easiest schedule remaining. Of the teams chasing the playoff spot spots, Detroit is the only team that has an easier schedule than the Magic. So the Magic do have their work cut out for them, but Orlando still has seven games against New York, Cleveland, and Atlanta, plus one against Chicago. So eight games against some of the worst teams in the league still. Orlando has opportunities to pick up wins, uh, and it has. Uh, and Oklahoma City is a really tough one, uh, one of the tougher games that the Magic play the rest of the way, but it starts with this one. It starts right there in Oklahoma City. Magic have to continue playing well. You know, I don't think they have to win, but they, they do have to continue playing well and show that they are taking steps forward. The Orlando Magic take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at... The Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. That game tips off at 8 o'clock. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida, as well as on NBA League Pass. And of course, we'll have complete coverage of the game on Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The trade deadline is quickly approaching. I've done a few kind of full-length podcasts. I spoke with our, our correspondent, Stuart Hodge, yesterday to kind of get a sense of where the Magic are at this point of the season with the trade deadline looming and some of the big decisions that are coming up in in the coming days and in the coming weeks. Um, It's going to be a really 
it's going to be a really kind of tension-filled day Thursday, and it's it's going to be super interesting to see what the Magic want to do. It's it's certainly um, certainly a, a big moment for the franchise. Obviously, uh, the team's all-star Nikola Vucevic is a free as an unrestricted free agent this summer. There's already rumblings that several teams are going to make a push for him. Dallas is already rumored to to be thinking about chasing Nikola Vucevic. Uh, the LA Clippers, I've I've read, might be interested in chasing Nikola Vucevic. I was watching the NBA TV broadcast of the Sacramento Kings beating the uh, San Antonio Spurs today, and, and they really did a number of them. And, and while I don't think that this is where the Kings are at, they suggested that the Kings, being in the position that they are, you know, close to the playoffs, if they want to make a splashy move, they would have to overpay for someone. Maybe Nikola Vucevic is that guy. Who knows what the Kings actually want to do? So they're... Is already a bunch of suitors lining up for Nikola Vucevic, and while he is an All Star, and 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 I would argue that the Magic just cannot trade him unless they're getting an All Star in return, and I don't think they'll be able to get that. There is certainly a current of thought that says Mo Bamba is clearly the future. Move on from Vucevic, get what you can, don't overspend for him in the summer, and all that jazz. I I, I do have some thoughts on that. I'm going to save them for. After the trade deadline, uh, and 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 uh, you know, I, I you know, I'll say right here personally, I do not think the Magic should trade Nikola Vucevic. I think they should resign him. Um, I, I'm not saying resign him for any amount, but I definitely think that he is valuable enough to this franchise, to this team. Uh, in the meantime, while Bo, Mo, while Mo Bamba is growing, that they should keep him. And and I do have a, a secondary reason for that, aside from from all from the more immediate stuff that I think I'll get into a little bit after the trade deadline with some thoughts on, on where the league is going uh, in the meantime. But that statement that, that I made earlier about, you know, Vucevic is going to make this team better, he's going to keep this team competitive, is at the very heart, and of course Terrence Ross is in this too, also an unrestricted free agent, and I think in more demand, honestly, than, than anyone else. That, that is kind of the, the, the central point though, of a lot of the trade deadline discussions. I know I said this in my podcast with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports last week. Uh, I know I said, I'm sure I brought this up uh, in the podcast yesterday with Stuart Hodge. Um, there is this tension within the magic. And tension might be the wrong word to use, but it's the word I've chosen to use. It's not heated tension. It's not hatred. It's not butting heads. It's just a little pressure point of the decision-making within the front office. And it's a healthy one. Don't get me wrong. I think it's good that that we're asking these questions that the Magic seem to be weighing these two things. And, and, and it's a difficult decision. I do not envy the decision that Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, and, and the rest of the Magic's front office staff have to make here. Because on one hand, I hear and I agree with the arguments that fans make that, uh, that, that some fans might make, that this team that the Magic currently have constructed has a ceiling. It is not a high ceiling. Stick with this current roster. You're probably going to be fighting for the scraps of the Eastern Conference playoffs at best. This group has largely been together for the last six years. Their best output is 35 wins. This year, they're on pace for 32. I think it's bumping up a little bit. This is as close as they've been to the playoffs this late in the season, but that's a consolation prize. As even Jeff Weltman would admit, uh, John Hammond certainly has said this publicly, 
The goal is not to make the playoffs this year. The goal is to be in the playoffs for years to come, to perpetually make the playoffs and be in position to jump up and compete for a championship. That's the ultimate goal. Give Alex Martins all the grief for the 2030 statement that he made a few years ago, but the reality is the Magic do want to be champions. And as some of you might argue, as some of you might agree, you're not doing that unless you get the high draft pick or you get the right free agent. And, and again, I, I I would argue that I, I might argue something else here. Again, I, I'm kind of saving that thought for later. But yes, you're right. This team needs a talent upgrade. No matter what happens this season, no matter what anything else happens, there is a big long-term picture to this team that standing pat doesn't realize. The Magic still need to turn this roster over. There are still players who do not fit the future, who limit what this team can do, and it is important the Magic get value for them so that they can get better. There are young players on this roster the Magic need to develop and need to hit so that they can get better. And whether those players need more playing time immediately to to do that is certainly up for debate. Again, I would I would argue that these are all natural tension points. These are natural things that every front office should be weighing and these are the questions and and the issues that we should be weighing. Because on the other hand, and this is the camp that I fall in, the playoffs do matter. Winning does matter. And you can't send a signal to your young players that you are committed to winning that you're going to put around that you're going to invest in their development and put them in positions to succeed to to win basketball games if you're going off and selling two of your best players and not getting equal value in return the magic are not in a position to give up on the playoff race at this juncture they're only 3 games back Again, it, it it might be difficult. It very well could be difficult. There's still time, though. And as we've seen in this Eastern Conference, really, even just a five-game winning streak is enough to, to vault you up the standings at this stage. Orlando is not out of it, and they know it. And for a fan base and a franchise that's been out of the playoffs and out of relevancy for six years that hasn't even played meaningful pressure-packed games this late in the season at the All-Star break or a week before the All-Star break or shoot, hasn't played meaningful games at the trade deadline. Even when the Magic traded Tobias Harris to the Detroit Pistons with Brandon Jennings and Arison Oyasova, that was a Hail Mary dart throw to keep the team in the playoffs. They were already out of it. When they made that deal, the Magic season was over. That deal was not about saving the playoffs no matter what Rob Hennigan said it was about, said it was. That was about clearing cap room to make a blind rush at a free agency class that was just overstuffed with teams that had too much money. So, there is certainly, and I would agree, there is certainly value in playing meaningful games and as much as the Magic want to build for the future, they have a present to play for too. And if anything, you know, the Magic's best coach in this rebuild, and I would argue until Steve Clifford, 
was Scott Skiles. And I think part of the reason the Magic alienated Scott Skiles, you know, aside from Scott Skiles alienating himself from everyone, one of the reasons why Scott Skiles was alienated was there's too much focus on the future when there was still a present to play for. I, I, I do believe that was part of it. Skiles didn't get along with a lot of players. It was, it was pretty clear, abundantly clear, and wasn't getting the most out of his players despite the team playing really, really well for, for a good chunk of that season. So there, there, there's this, you know, odd tension. And, and, and Zach Lowe of ESPN.com really confirmed that, that this does exist. There are members of that front office that predate Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. There's the business side. There's ownership that really do value the playoffs. And honestly, from my experience with Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, I think they value the playoffs too. I don't think they discount what the playoffs would mean to this franchise, to this organization. But they're not about to give up a first-round pick to get Darren Collison or to get, uh, not that Darren Collison's on the market, but to get an expiring contract to keep them in the playoffs. That's what John Hammond did when he acquired acquired J.J. Redick from the Magic for Tobias Harris. That was a different ownership group. That was a different period in the Milwaukee Bucks' development and growth. That's not a move the Magic are going to make. They're not going to go grab some expiring contract to bolster their team and give up a a, a potential future first-round draft pick or a potential uh, development player in order to do that. That's not what the Magic are going to do. But by the same token, even though there is a long-term vision the Magic want to fulfill, they are not going to trade away that present for future assets and kind of signal that the season's over. If they can get equal value or what they estimate is equal value for Terrence Ross or Nikola Vucevic and neither one is a guy they want to resign, they very well may do it. I'm not seeing that value out on the market. I'm not seeing a guy as good as Nikola Vucevic that the Magic can get. If the if someone's going to acquire Nikola Vucevic, they're sending away future assets. The Magic aren't getting equal value for him. And, and in any case, it's really starting to sound like the Magic are at least open to retaining Nikola Vucevic. They know Mo Bamba's not ready. And it just then comes down to price and years. And Vucevic for his part, I think really wants to stay in Orlando. And I and I, and I and I know I've said this on the podcast before. I know I've said this online. I really think part of the task for the Orlando Magic this summer or this year is to sort of restore legitimacy in the in the franchise, to signal to other teams, to other players, that the Magic aren't a team to be taken advantage of anymore. They're not a laughing stock anymore. And they're going to take care of you if you stay loyal to them. I really do believe that that's important. And it's, it's a message you send to the rest of the league. And so, you know, we'll get into plenty of this o- over the summer because I don't anticipate the Magic to make any moves this, this this year. I don't anticipate the Magic to be super active at the trade deadline. I, I mean, they're active in the sense that they're looking for things. But I don't expect them to do anything major. I think Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic will still be on the Magic come February eighth or February seventh at four o'clock when the or at seven o'clock when the Magic take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I really do believe that, and I do. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a small move like a Jonathan Simmons getting moved for something, 
Like I said on yesterday's podcast, I think there's a framework for the Magic to acquire a backup point guard like Frank Nilakina, just a little bit of a future play, but you know he can play backup minutes, and and you can keep DJ Augustin uh, as a starter until you know Nilakina's ready, or if he develops that way until till then. So I think there there is a framework for a few things, but they're largely small. They're largely minor. And the reason why is because this tension exists. If the Magic had completely fallen apart and they'd be five, six games out of the playoffs at this point and the season was clearly trending over, then yeah, they might be more willing to do one of those deals. But it's not. The Magic are playing for something. And that matters. And that's why I don't think the Magic are going to make a deal by the deadline. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we don't have, I guess, a clear sense of the future. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, things will be more clear after the trade deadline. And, and, and the Magic play game that night, but we'll talk plenty about what the Magic did or didn't do at the trade deadline on Thursday uh, or, or on, fr- on Friday's show. Um, there, there's plenty to get to uh, in the meantime. There's, there's plenty. There'll be plenty to break down. We'll have a better idea of what direction the Magic do actually want to go. And, and, and I know I say this all the time online to people who are like, "Oh, the Magic got to do something." And I agree, the Magic do have to do something. But I would also argue to you that no deal is better than a bad deal. You don't just make a trade to make a trade. Cap room is valuable in and of itself. Um, you've got your own draft pick. That, that there, there are avenues forward for the Magic, no matter what they decide to do. So. I'm not so concerned about February 7th. And I think the heavy lifting is going to get done during the summer, you know, if they can. Um, there, there's still plenty to do. No one's, no one's hiding or running from that. But, you know, one of the other goals for this season was a bit of development. Was to see some of these young players be put into rotation roles and, and to be given a chance to succeed and to see them improve and grow. And Steve Clifford, you know, at the beginning of the season said, you know, said specifically in talking about Mo Bamba, and, and Bamba's been a little bit hurt of late, but but I would argue that this is happening too. He said, you know, that the goal with Mo Bamba is for him to get better as the season goes on. The player that you see in March is going to be very different than the player you see in November. He, said, he even said the player in December is going to be different than the player in November. And while I would say Bamba's development's been up and down throughout the year, you can, I think ever since coming back from that foot injury, uh, that four-game absence that he had with a foot injury, he looked refreshed. He looked more engaged. He looked more active and energetic. Uh, he was flying to the ball, blocking shots. He's starting to hit shots. He's starting to make his shots again. And so while there's definitely still a physical impediment for him, you could see that growth coming. You could see that, yeah, you know, maybe not. he's maybe not a completely different player, but he's a more comfortable player. He's a more confident player. And, you know, going through an 82-game schedule is not easy for any player. And, and Bamba's got a lot of work to do. He's, he's, he's getting worn. He got worn down physically, I think, a little bit. 
And certainly, he's out right now. It's not looking like he's going to play Tuesday in Oklahoma City. But he's gotten better. He's gotten incrementally better. And I think you can say the same for a lot of the Magic's young players. Young players that have been sort of thrust into roles they may not have expected at one point. It's been really fascinating over the last few weeks to watch these players take a step up. And honestly, Saturday's game against Brooklyn was a perfect example of how much those players have developed and how key they they are and how key they will be to the team making the playoffs. For, For those saying, you know, the Magic are relying on the wrong guys to make the playoffs, you're only looking at the starting lineup. Everyone has a role to play in this. And a lot of key young guys are key to the Magic's ultimate success. Saturday's 102-89 win over the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion, was one of the more complete wins the Magic have had. It wasn't a blowout, but Orlando did a lot of things really, really well throughout the game that, that kept them in it, that had them in control for the most part. And when the time came in the fourth quarter, gave them the boost to race ahead and win comfortably. That game was not close at the end because of the work that a lot of young Magic players had. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic had a lot of scoring, but it was little plays from a lot of different guys. The the most obvious one, of course, is Jonathan Isaac, who is playing significantly better of late. Since, Since really, shoot, since January 9th almost, Isaac has just been a whole different player, especially defensively. His last seven games, Isaac is averaging 10.4 points per game, not super impressive, but 8.9 rebounds per game and nearly two blocks per game. He's at like 1.7 or 1.8 blocks per game in his last seven games. He's only shooting 40.9% from the floor, but you can see his aggression. You can see his confidence growing with each shot. And I'll probably spend an episode talking a little bit more about Isaac in the coming days. I did a long article on the way Jonathan Isaac looked looked of late uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Definitely suggest you go read that. But I would argue that Isaac's confidence is through the roof. There's still some skills that he's got to refine and grow, and that'll come in the summer. But defensively, he's looking like the defensive player we imagined last year when we got a little taste of what Isaac could be. And honestly, I think the Magic should trust him more in those situations. He still makes some rookie mistakes because he's essentially a rookie. But he is playing at a very, very high level and has taken his game up. Taken his game up a notch. But he's not the only one. You look at Wesley Awundu. Kind of the same deal. Not a great jumper, jump shot. But he always played within himself. And he's got an opportunity kind of earlier in the season, has really taken control of that backup shooting guard role. His 7-0 run in the third quarter is 10 points in the second half on Saturday pretty much gave the Magic the lead in the second half and gave them that win. His defense was good. You know, we know he's going to hustle. We know he's going to work hard. And really, that shot is the last thing to add to his game because he does so many other things super well. Iwundu has been fantastic throughout the year. And just as you would want with a young player, he's gotten better and better and better. He's gotten more comfortable. He's gotten more confident to the point where, yeah, If the Magic traded Jonathan Simmons for a second-round pick today, 
you know, no offense to Jonathan Simmons, the Magic would be fine because they have Wes Owundu. Owundu has taken that role. He's grown into it. He's owned it. The same is quickly being said about Isaiah Briscoe. Briscoe's field goal percentage is nothing to look at. He's not a good shooter. He's still struggling to finish at the rim. But it's, again, all the little things that that he wasn't doing when he first got an opportunity earlier in the year that he's doing now. Briscoe's a big dude. He knows how to use his physicality and his strength really, really well and has just become a pest defensively. He wasn't doing that earlier in the year. He wasn't, he was a little too wild. And he still is a little wild. But but I don't mind that from a backup point guard when it's used correctly. He struggled running the point. He struggled to to manage the team. He struggled to get into the paint and, and create the kind of driving lanes and 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 and, and collapsing that, that this team needs from that position. Early, he wasn't doing that earlier in the year. But now he is. Now Briscoe is routinely getting a lot of assists. He's, you know, since the January 7th game against Sacramento Kings when he first entered the rotation, Briscoe's averaging just 3.7 points per game, but he's got 3.4 assists per game. Guy can pass it. Guy can sling it around, and and he's got to improve his vision. He's not a natural passer yet, but he's gotten better, and he understands his role. He isn't taking a lot of bad shots. He's going into the lane looking to pass, trying to finish at the rim. The bench unit has been a problem for the Magic all year. And Briscoe's been a part of that now. But since January 7th, the Magic have a 98.8 defensive rating with Briscoe on the floor. Only Wes Awundu is ahead of him among rotation players. This isn't all Briscoe, of course. There's a lot of factors that go into that. But the fact that a defense that the bench unit that has struggled so much defensively is now playing a lot better defensively, that's a really good sign. And, and Briscoe, I think, has been a part of it. Because when Jaron Grant is at his best. He's providing a, that physical defensive presence, that size and length at the point guard position. Briscoe doesn't necessarily have the same size, but he's stocky. He knows how to use his weight. He knows he knows how to be physical. He's not afraid to be physical. And the Magic needed that desperately. You could go down the list of players who have looked better as the season goes on. Briscoe earned his way back into the rotation. Wundu has been a, a staple of the rotation for some time. And, and when the Magic did play Simmons... I can't tell you how many tweets I got that said, why isn't a one-do playing? And the only answer I have had to that is they're showcasing Simmons for trades because a one-do's been fantastic. He's one of, you know, Clifford is not a guy to trust young players. But Isaac's gained his trust defensively in a lot of ways. A one-do's gained his trust and Briscoe is gaining his trust. Mo Bamba has gotten better. Aaron Gordon has gotten better. You can see the effect that playing and understanding and developing confidence has had throughout the roster. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of measures of success for this season. But I think that is a big one. The Magic need a development culture. It's not something that they have had consistently for the last six years. And it's one of the reasons they've kind of been stuck in the mud. If this is a sign of what's to come and the Magic can carry this over into the offseason, they will be a better team just by default. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into that, and and a lot of it gets determined later this week. But these are all positive signs for a Magic team that's in the development business still, that's in the regrowing business still. And I'm I was very heartened. I was very happy to see those players step up in a big moment Saturday to get that kind of a win. 
because the Magic are going to need these guys every single night down the stretch. They're going to need these guys all the time if they're going to win. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter, of course, at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. Don't forget the Orlando Magic take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at 8 o'clock. We'll have complete coverage on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.